Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Do you know who I am? Of course you do. What's going on, Busted Open Nation? Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. Today, for the first time in a long time, the Hall of Fame and Pain edition of the podcast with yours truly, Billy Ray, and my tag team partner, my fellow Hall of Famer, Mark Henry. Got one hell of a show lined up for you. We will be talking about the Dead Man, the uh, American Badass, The Undertaker, Episode 2 from the last ride redemption uh get my thoughts but especially mark's thoughts on a variety of different topics that took place on the documentary that i think everybody loves as much as we do we get mark henry's top 10 promo guys of all time the 10 wrestlers who could make you want to buy a ticket with the words that come out of their mouth on that microphone mark henry's list will i like it will i hate it we shall see also it's Get Yourself Over Monday, and we got the hottest free agent in independent wrestling, Ricky Starks. All that, so much more. The Nation, you, me, him, and the other guy, plus your sister's ass. Turn it up to 11. This is the Busted Open Podcast. Mark, I want to get into last night, um, episode two of The Last Ride. I believe it was called uh, Redemption with The Undertaker's Story. Uh, we haven't talked about any of this yet, uh, myself and you. Um, what did you think of last night's episode and what stuck out to you the most about his story? Uh, we've all had that moment where... The match that we had, the most recent match that we had, just didn't live up to the standard that we feel like we had rose to. And that was the first time that I'd ever seen Taker address not being him, not being excellent, not being the greatest that we've ever seen. Um, It was hard for me because it was like... uh, looking in the mirror and saying, I failed, like I I didn't achieve. And anybody that's ever been as competitive as um, The Undertaker has been, wanting to put on the best performance on the show for 30 years, that had to be a hard pill to swallow. And I I felt bad for him. You know, early in the show, 
they're, you know, you, Taker and Michelle are sitting on the couch and they're watching the Mania match against Roman. And when the spot comes up where the reverse tombstone doesn't go the right way, when you see Taker kind of put his head back and roll his eyes, and then he looks over at the cameras behind him, you could see like the embarrassment in his eyes. He's like, not only do I not want to be watching this, but man, I feel uncomfortable with people watching me watching this. T to me, it's like the first time he's have ever had to come clean with himself and, and have fans come clean with him. I've never seen that look in his eye before. You know, it, it's that it's kind of. I'm sure you've experienced it. I've experienced it. This is why I don't watch any of my stuff because I, I don't want to see any of the mistakes and, and Lord knows there's plenty of them because I kind of find myself doing the same thing. Like, Oh dear God, why did I do that? Or you look so damn stupid, but for him to let his guard down and allow the world to see how uncomfortable he was with that moment in time, I think says a lot about how much Taker has like matured and is now, very, you know, he's allowing of the world to see inside him a little bit more. What did, did that stick out to you at all? It did. I, I thought it was more humanizing than anything. I, I don't know if it was about maturity. I think it was about, Owning up, and I always talk about all the time, like, you know, we, we you just mentioned it. You made mistakes. You've had matches where you look at and you go, oh God, I can't believe that I missed that or I did that or whatever. We all had that. We just don't expose it. And that was The Undertaker's first time of exposing something that was, it was painful to him. And... I get it. I mean, look, look, me and you had a match uh, five years ago where uh, I pinned, I tried to pin you rather than pinning Devon because I got lost in who, who made the tag. It happens. I wasn't condemned. We laugh about it. But see, the difference between us and Taker is he's judged by a different standard. And not only is he judged by a different standard, but there's a lot more writing on him making a mistake because people want to point the finger just by nature. There's, we have some very negative, <laughs> negative ass fans. But then, like I said, I call those the gunses. <laughs> just negative Nelly about everything. But the 90% that are purists, they felt sorry for an undertaker. But Mark don't want pity either. He's an undertaker. And, and I, I think I, you said, you know, he's judged or held to a higher standard. I, and he is the judge and he is the higher standard. I don't think I don't I don't think he's necessarily about any worried about anybody critiquing him except himself. Him. him yeah. And that was the look in his eyes. Like, 
I can't even critique myself in this own moment because I, I just I, I can't watch it. I'm embarrassed by it. That's not the best representation uh, of myself. Uh, a couple of things stood out to me other than that moment. Um, his interaction with Vince, the relationship with Vince, also the 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 match with Cena. Um, his relationship with Vince McMahon. Obviously, you can tell that Vince and Taker, just the way they look at each other, there's a different type of camaraderie. There's a different type of respect. It's almost like an unspoken respect. Yeah, you get a couple of I love yous and a couple of thank yous and I appreciate you, but it's almost the way Vince looks at him and I kind of got the, the the impression that when you see Vince look at him and they're not they're not saying a word to each other, it's almost as if Vince is saying, "Hey man, you have no clue how much I appreciate you sticking around when most of the world left me behind." That is one hundred percent the deal, Billy. One hundred percent. I got offered more money and wouldn't leave. That's that's the that's the Vince respects and loves loyalty mm. more than anything. And Taker, he could have he could have broke the bank. He could have. I'm telling you, it would have been like NFL football numbers, 35 million a year type of numbers. And he wouldn't do it because that's not the guy. And. Vince realizes that there, I don't know if there's nobody outside of his family that's more like family to him than Mark, than Taker. And he helped build the WWE to that standard. And when I say build to that standard, and I was a fan of the WWF, and I remember watching the first debut of The Undertaker. And I remember 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, even before I ever had a conversation with Vince and at the end of 95, how big of a fan I was. Like, I didn't miss it. And when I was on any show that would listen to it, not because I wanted the attention of the WWE, I was saying what I really liked and what I really loved. And Undertaker is the guy that built that. And there was other guys, but they weren't the Undertaker. And it's good to see Vince show the same reverence and respect that Mark has for him. Uh, I, I definitely agree with that. I, mean, I think we're probably going to agree on a lot of things when it comes to the episode because we kind of come from the same backgrounds and, you know, being in that company together with Taker and seeing how, how things worked. Uh, a funny part that I'm sure you can relate to is when when Taker was going to meet with Vince and Taker says, you know, every time I meet with him, I go in there with a the game plan. I say, I'm going to stick to my guns. This is what I want to do. And he goes, I come out of the meeting asking myself what the hell just happened and somehow Vince finds a way of just taking command of the conversation no matter how passionate you are how good of a speaker you are no matter how much you want to present your your case you know and and you walk out 
thinking that whatever Vince said or whatever idea he gave you was the greatest idea you ever ever heard. Uh, Matt Bloom, Baldo, uh, Prince Albert. I remember the day that he walked into Vince's office and he's like, Vince, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and I want to do this. And when he walked out of the meeting. He was the hip hop hippo. <laughs> And he was like, he was so excited. He's like, Bubba, I'm going to be the hip-hop hippo. Vince is going to do this, and this Vince is going to do that. I was like, wow, he got you too, huh? He got you too. (laughs) Bro, I'm going to tell you right now. Like, I had in my heart, in my mind, said, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm not getting out there and breaking my spine. I don't want people to see me not be the guy that I used to be. And I came out of the office and he had convinced me that everybody now knows that you want to retire, that you're done. He was like, don't give it to him. He was like, we're going to have you turn on Cena. And I was like, get out of here, man. No, 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 no. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to, we're going to do it tomorrow. And I was like, tomorrow? <laughs> like I've told everybody that I was retiring. Like, that's the beauty of it. And he, he just completely gave me a lobotomy in one hour. And I was like, damn, I'm going to have another match. <laughs> I was back working. And then I signed another three-year deal. He got you. I was good. Like, how in the hell did I sign a three year deal and I was going to quit tomorrow? Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. Can you believe it? In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds, Anfield has erupted, bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a derby day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching more than a game. So, Mark, uh, back to the back to the last ride with Taker. All right. So he's training. He's getting in shape for his match versus Cena at Mania. This is his redemption match. Um, there was no in-ring build face-to-face with Cena and Taker. It was just Cena cutting promos <laughs> saying one more match. We didn't know if we were going to get it. Taker is training his ass off for this match. Shows up. Him and Cena... Go five minutes. Five minutes in what I call a glorified squash. Taker even says, I trained for a 45-minute match. I got five. He goes, that's the way it is. That's the way it goes sometimes. Whatever is what it is. Do you think that five-minute match was the WWE protecting Taker from himself? And the company from a potential disaster, like kind of that happened with Roman. I, I think so. I mean, you you want to you want to protect, and and I guess Vince didn't didn't realize when Mark said, "Hey, man, I'm 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 doing really good. I'm in really good shape," and that he didn't take that to heart because. Uh, maybe Mark said that before. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've, I've been out there. I've been rolling around. I'm, but Mark was in supreme condition, and he was ready to roll, and he was healed up 
from an injury that, you know, was enough to put everybody else out of commission. So, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, the boat got missed, but it's, it's you know, you, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to make the same mistake that you made before. And it, it I think Vince was trying to protect him from himself, not realizing that the guy was actually telling the truth, that he was healed up and he was in good shape. And he had the right guy in there to do more with because Cena is capable about just about anything in that ring. He had the right dance partner for the night. But I think the WWE and moreover Vince McMahon played it extremely safe saying, hey, listen, this is what happened with Roman. I know Mark um, Calloway, Mark, I know you need to get, you know, to, to exercise the demons of that match. I know you need redemption. I'm putting you in a spot where you can redeem yourself. And I'm you giving you five fail. minutes. Exactly. You can't fail because all I need you to do is go out there and play the hits. And Cena knows what your hits are. He's going to let you play them. Cena is going to be man enough. And, and this takes... Listen, you're John Cena and you're allowing The Undertaker to squash you at WrestleMania. That's a big deal. And this is where I give Cena tons of credit. He knows that nothing that could possibly happen to him that night will affect him in the long run. Cena is one of those guys. He's Teflon. It doesn't matter. Nobody's screaming on social media, oh, my God, they buried John Cena. Nobody got buried. Um, But, yeah, I I think it was – uh, the WWE protecting uh, Taker and protecting their product by just having him go out there and play the hits that night. And you know what? I really didn't have a problem with it. I mean, Me neither. Either, of course, you look at John. John definitely was not going to uh, play boo-boo face. And you saw John make come and hug Taker and talk to him, you know, and um, – Taker kind of was like, you know, John John has that that feel to him like like a boss. He comes across sometimes like good job, kid. <laughs> you know. And I was like, we're the same age. I was in this business before you was. Like easy. And <laughs> and I think at one point when you see him and Taker hug, I felt that. I don't know what he said to Taker, but you look at Taker's face and Taker was like, yeah, kind of looked off <laughs> into, the, into the atmosphere like, all right, man, thank you. I appreciate you. And and, and that that's something that I, I, I saw in that little moment that um, it made me laugh to myself. I didn't know what was said, but I knew something was said. And um, both of those guys, could have went 20 minutes and killed it. But it wasn't necessary, Bubba. It, 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 definitely necessary. Was, it definitely wasn't necessary. What is necessary is for us to take a call from the nation right now. So I want to go out to Matt in Virginia. Uh, Matt, did you watch Last Ride last night? And what did you think about it? What stuck out to you, brother? Um, the two things that stuck out for me was, one, I really liked the like the support that Michelle and Undertaker had for each other. It was really good. It was also good to see Undertaker be backstage when Michelle went into the Royal Rumble. 
And another takeaway I saw was Undertaker watching AJ Styles and saying that he wanted to have a match with him because he basically reminded him of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. We appreciate the call. Thanks for listening, bro. Uh, uh, Mark, you said before the show you thought Michelle McCool came off like a star last night. Uh, I, I agree, and you can tell. I mean, Taker almost – you almost saw a tear when he started talking about Michelle. Yeah. She's been – she is the one for him, and she's been his rock. Yes, sir, and I, I talk about this all the time. There's, we, we, there's been a lot of successful men on this, in this, this planet, and – there's always that woman standing behind him. And most of the time she's rolling her eyes like whatever. But <laughs> for the most part, um, it was really good to see Michelle uh, get with Mark because uh, I saw the change, you know, the allowing the faith and the, the belief in God to come out and allowing the, the human side, the funny side. You know how Taker's got a great sense of humor. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard to let all that stuff out. Michelle helped bring that out. She just looked like a star last night. I agree. She did. And uh, breaking news, Mark, news flash. Coming in on the, on the hotline right now, Mark Henry is currently getting destroyed on social media for not knowing the name of the movie and not knowing. It was Roddy know- Piper. It was Roddy oh, that's Piper. because you looked at that's, your Twitter. That's because you no, looked at your Twitter. I, my phone is upside down. My phone is Wait, not even y- on. Your world is about to get turned upside down oh, because you didn't it. know the answer. when It hit me. I got it. It, it took a while. I've been, you know, I told you, I'm a pro wrestler. Too many chair shots? Too many chair. You, and you, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, go take a look at my tweet from this morning. That chair shot you hit the guy with on the basketball court? Dear God, I dare you to lay your shit in, kid. It was a work. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ask his insurance company if that was a work or not. <laughs> I think I saw a vertebrae fly into the crowd. <laughs> Dad, what's that? Oh, that's a vertebrae, son. He's Rick Kamler. Come on, man. He's Antonio Daniels. Cam, you got to give me more. Together, they host Give and Go. You've lost six games in a row. You just had a terrible ending of regulation. I'm rolling the dice. A player's worst enemy is himself. Of course he's going to want to play because he's a competitor. You don't get to that level without competing. But just because you want to be on the floor at all times, that does not mean that's what's best for you at that time. Give and go. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Sirius 207 XM 86. You are now going to have an opportunity to redeem yourself by dropping the ball, shitting the bed, by not knowing that it was Roddy Piper from They Live who said the line that you put on social media. But okay. it came it came out. It came out. So <laughs> no harm, no foul. And, okay. and look, if you consider yourself a friend of mine, guys, and you're sending me these tweets and you're also sending me direct messages, like stop it. Bully is turning you against me, and that's not cool. You're supposed to be my friend. Or don't damn tweet me or don't text message me. Now, getting to my point. Now, I, I, I want to let this be known right away. This is the, the actual wrestlers, not the managers, because there have been some unbelievable managers that have been able to cut a promo and, and, and sell a pay-per-view, but this is the wrestlers. And my first five, in order, Ric Flair, The Rock, Dusty Rhodes, Austin, Hogan. My second five guys, 
Roddy Piper, Ted DiBiase, Randy Savage, Jake Roberts, and Chris Jericho. The next five, Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, Michael Hayes, CM Punk, Mick Foley, and my honorable mention, Jerry Lawler, The Miz, John Cena, Superstar Billy Graham, and Terry Funk. And a lot of people didn't, as, as a fan, as a fan, the first five guys, pretty easy. And you could argue that you could put um, Chris Jericho and Jake Roberts in that first five. But it'll be the top ten guys that'll be argued. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody's going to say that uh, Mick Foley, CM Punk, and Michael Hayes and Kevin Sullivan and Lauren Anderson are going to be in the top five. Or even maybe the top ten. So, I mean, what, what, what say you, Billy? What say you? I'm bully, not Billy. I said bully. <laughs> he said Billy. First you screw up Roddy Piper, now you screw up my name. All right, why don't you just take the show over for the All rest right. of the day? You know what? <laughs> okay, wait. So here's what I want to ask you. This, this list, I, <laughs> I like the list, but is this top 10 like your favorite, your favorite, or are these the top 10 guys that, in your opinion, could put asses in a seat? This is my top 10 putting asses in seats. So tell me why Ric Flair is number one. Because he is Ric freaking Flair. And when he started talking, here we are now. It's 2020 in a pandemic. I saw a video the other day of a football player that was training for the combine, and he said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm training. I'm trying to be limousine riding, Learjet flying. I'm keeping in hard time keeping these gators down. That was a long time ago that that promo was cut. And that's why Ric Flair is number one. You think that Flair, with the promos that he cut, put more asses in seats than Dusty Rhodes or Hulk Hogan? I do. I do. Mm. I think that there's a lot of people that, you know, can argue either way. But this is my list. And on my list, there's never been anybody in the world of wrestling space that grabbed the microphone and entertained the fans like Ric Flair did. And when he was serious and he was not trying to be entertaining, he was still damn entertaining. And it made an impactful moment for whatever the, the case was and who he was wrestling. Man, I could make the exact same argument for Dusty. And Dusty did it most of the time without a championship. Um, uh, I don't mind. Fl obviously, Flair being on the list and at the top of the list is a great call. I just don't know if I'm giving Flair my number one over Dusty or putting Flair before Dusty. Um, I think this would be interesting for the nation to jump on social media and give us their opinion. You know, you can go to uh, Mark Henry's Twitter, my Twitter, the Busted Open Twitter. When it comes to putting asses in seats... Do you give the nod to Ric Flair or do you give the nod to Dusty Rhodes? Wow, interesting. On this list, uh, Mark, you have uh, Jake and Roddy, who I absolutely loved. As far as a heel was concerned, 
Do you would would Roddy be uh, a better choice for you as a heel who made you want to see his ass get kicked, or do you think it was Jake? Uh, it was I. I think it was Jake because Jake he tried to mind play you. He mind screwed you. He he talked about people in a way that it was like, oh man, you know, with with um with Jake, you knew what you were getting. Hell, the first time that I came in the business against Lawler, I was saving Lawler. I was saving uh, Jake from Lawler when Lawler was trying to pour liquor down his mouth, and he had been. Um, in one of those rehab Sober. places. Yep. <clears throat> you, you know, so um, I had the interaction. I got to see Jake st- stand there and watch him cut promos, which, man, it just you blew my blew my brains out. Like I could not believe that a man could command the crowd and get them the yo-yo like he had them in in the palm of his hand. I think a really strong argument can also be made for superstar Billy Graham because I think a lot of people forget that superstar as the WWF champion, what he sold out Madison Square Garden like, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 times in a row as the heel champion. So he was able to get enough heat on the mic where you just wanted to see anybody come in there and and beat the crap out of him, shut him up, and take the championship. And to me, that speaks volumes in a babyface company like the WWE having a heel world champion. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. You know, with uh, this whole pandemic going on affecting everybody in the world of professional wrestling, I think it is affecting the independent wrestlers the most or some of the wrestlers that might not be as well known the most and just came up with an idea of how can we give younger wrestlers or unknown wrestlers a platform to get their name out there to the world, to get their brand out there to the world. And uh, uh, the guy that we're about to have on, LaGreca Love, He says he's must-see every time NWA power is on. Uh, I got to tell you, I I don't know much about this guy, so I'm really looking forward to the next, you know, 15 minutes or so of hearing him speak and seeing seeing what he's going to bring to the table. So uh, on Busted Open right now, Ricky Starks. Ricky, how are you, brother? Doing good. How are y'all today? Doing great, man. Doing great. I feel the same. I'm feeling good, feeling great. I uh, I appreciate taking the time out to have me on. Ricky, where where are you at right now? Where are you living? What part of the pandemic-stricken country? I actually live in uh, in Austin, Texas. Whoa, good for you. Wait a minute. You live in yeah, Austin, Texas, and, and you haven't you haven't visited Mark Henry or like you know went and paid the <laughs> paid the vig because Mark runs Austin. Yeah, I know. I, I hear about him driving the, the yellow Hummer around. You drive a yellow Hummer, Mark? Well, it's, it's gray, or but you? it's a Hummer. 
<laughs> so, Co- so, color's so, wrong, but the, the the vehicle is correct. So, oh, Ricky, tell t- tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like, I know you're with the NWA right now. Lagrec is always putting you over on the show. Uh, you know, the name of the the segment is "Get Yourself Over Monday." And so, for anybody listening right now who has no clue who Ricky Starks is, like, sell us on you. What's your deal? You know, what's your deal? Where are you from? How'd you get into the wrestling business? What are your goals? Talk to us. Tell us something. Well, the the so. As a great introduction, as I always say to people, is uh, you know the gentlemen call me absolute, the ladies call me Stroke Daddy, Ricky Starks, uh, New Orleans born and bred kid, um, and I think I think having the opportunity to you know sell yourself is awesome in the sense of I don't feel like I have to sell myself to anybody, especially when you're you're authentic and genuine like I am. It just you know you just comes through. So um, for anyone's listening. Uh, I am the first of this generation, the first uh, world television champion of NWA. Proud, proud of that. But man, I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I started, I started the love of wrestling in New Orleans, and that is basically the the essence of me talking wrestling. Uh, just being around me backstage, I, I carry that through and through. And uh, I found my way to Austin at the Katrina started wrestling here uh, by a guy named Mr. Mexico number two here in Austin. And that was back in 2011. I just went on the road and yeah, man, I, I literally just picked up everything that I could just by myself, busting my ass by myself, trying to make it. And uh, I think, I think it's cool to finally get some type of platform like, you know, NWA and kill it every time. Cause I don't know if y'all know this, but NWA never saw me wrestle or they never saw me uh, cut promos at all. I, I made these vignettes online uh, where I paid for them because nothing else was going on as far as career moves go. And I wanted to get, you know, introduce myself to people, show them what I'm about. So I went out and produced these videos, posted it online, and NWA caught one of that and saw how creative it was. And that was really it up until uh, – you know, power debuted, and that's when everyone really started to, to catch on to me. I'm surprised, uh, Bill, Billy, I know you've watched before. I'm surprised you haven't seen me on there. Nice. I like it. You just gave me a jab. I, I love it. I, 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 I'm just not as up to date as I probably should be on you, but I will, I will put you over right. and say so many people have told me about you. And Dave Lagana. Uh, texted me a couple of months ago and he says, you got to keep your eye on Ricky Starks. I think you're going to love him. So I'm going to do my, more of my homework on you and catch a lot and catch you a lot of your stuff. Um, the NWA wasn't the first place where you were given opportunities. You actually had a couple of WWE opportunities also, didn't you? Oh yeah. Um, so I had the WWE tryout in 2017 and I want to say a few months before that, I wrestled Kane at the Frank Irwin Center um, when they came through. So I've, I've had, and obviously I did the extra work for them and all that stuff. So the the result of the tryout was, you know, not a not right now. Uh, it was it was more vague than that, but essentially Regal told me he said just go and get yourself over. And to me personally. No one's ever taught me how to get over. That's just something you got to figure out on your own. So 
him telling me that, I was like, I don't know what to do now. Like I'm, I'm at a, a weird holding pattern with myself. So I, um, I said, well, WWE ain't the move right now. You know what I mean? So they ain't really happening for me. So if somebody's trying to sign me, uh, I don't want them to just sign a wrestler. I want, you know, everyone's trying to prove that they're a good wrestler and that's fine. Um, but I'm out here trying to prove that I can do multiple jobs. So you're athletic, you can do flips. Cool. I can't, but can you produce your own vignette? You know what I'm saying? Can you, uh, do public appearances? Do you know how to speak to people? Do you design your own merch like I do? Do you package your own shirts like I do? You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to, you're not just getting arrested. You're getting the whole damn factory. So I came up with that mindset moving forward. And so that's why you see this stuff at NWA and when I'm talking and no one really expected me to be able to talk. And in my head, if you don't expect me to be good at something, well, I'm going to do more than just hit a home run. I'm going to basically force your hands to where you say, wow, he's good at wrestling or he's, he's great at promos. He has to be included in a list with people like Nick Aldis or Eli Drake and Eddie Kingston. You know what I'm saying? Well, this this is where I'm I'm seeing it. I, I see it from a standpoint of you having exactly what I described to the fans of the uh, of the fans of the WWE and the fans of the Discord uh, here on Busted Open. I went on their show and they asked me, "What is it that you look for?" Because I, I help with talent development. What is it that mm-hmm. you look for? The number one thing that I look for is confidence. And I look for when you walk in a room, do people say, who is that? And you, you have those qualities. You, I, I don't see how uh, it, it, you've slipped through the cracks this long because uh, I have a lot of confidence in, in, um, in what I've seen, the, the sample size that I've gotten. My thing is, are you confident not just in the ring and cutting promos and doing all your own stuff, but are you are you confident in the sense that if people don't give you your flowers, that you can keep it keep it going? Oh, absolutely. Because the the thing is, if I don't get the flowers, then I'm gonna just make the garden myself. I'm I'm gonna plant what I want. And eventually you'll come along with me or you don't. Uh, and that's just, that's just the motto that I follow. Um, so, you know, I've had, and I've had that happen to me before, but I can't let those type of things stop me in the sense of my goal is my, my ultimate goal is to buy my mama a house and a car. If you step in, in the way of that, it's easy for me to just step around you and still keep it moving. I can't catch no fish watching what other people are trying to, to, fish with you know what type of rod and fishing line they're using so that 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 is absolutely not a problem especially having to deal with this so often listen ricky you might be able to get around me you might be able to get around mark henry but you're going to need two trains and a bus to get around tommy dreamer um (laughs) (laughs) so let me let me ask you this ricky in the world of the nwa television champion yep i get it but 
when it comes, you know, me and Mark were talking earlier about putting asses in seats. You know, you know right. who you are as Ricky Starks, and as a good and, and as a consummate professional, you need to be able to identify everybody else's character <clears throat> and who you can work best with. And I'm not talking about having a good match. I'm talking about working with all around. When you look at the landscape of the NWA, who do you say to yourself, "That's the guy that I can sell tickets with"? Right off the bat, that that's that's Zicky Dice. Uh that's all that's Nick Aldis, you know. It's this those main two people, especially having been in the ring with them and understanding them, but more importantly, talking to them outside of wrestling, those are the main two people that I know for sure I could easily sell out a venue. So you said Nick Aldis, and we know Nick's pedigree, but you also mentioned Zicky, and we had Zicky on last week, and he did a great job. What is it about mm-hmm. a guy like Zicky Dice that makes you think that you and him could do great business? I think it's contrast. I think contrast sells more than anything. And I, when you look at someone like Zicky, uh, bad tattoos and, and bad hair dye and everything, and then you look at me, that's, to me, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a night and day difference. And I think the characters kind of work uh, in the same vein. Uh, him more of a character than, than myself, more outlandish. But I, just, I think when you have something like that, where it's a yin and yang, you'll always get a good combination usually. And, uh, yeah, I, I think... Unfortunately, I don't work at NWA anymore. This is the first time I'm saying that I'm a, I'm a the hottest free agent in wrestling, you know, as they say. But if I could, man, I would go back and do that with Zicky and see how far I can take that. You just said you don't work with the NWA anymore. You're, you're, you're not currently with them? No, not at all. I am the hottest agent going right now. Did, <laughs> did something go no, wrong was, with NWA? It, it was a mutual with well, this my contract came up, and so you know we just both went separate ways. NWA has been a dude. I, I can't say enough good things about NWA and the platform it's it's provided, uh, and the type of uh, experiences and people that I met through that. But it's no no hard feelings or anything. It's just how it is. Contract was up, and that was the end of it. It's a bad time. Uh, a lot of people are, are facing that in multiple companies. You know, people. Some people yeah. getting furloughed, and then some people. Um, I mean, we we look real close. You know, to Mr. Gulak, who uh, unbelievable talent, doing everything right. You know, no troubles, having a great match on television on on the beginning of the week, and then at the end of the week, contract expires. Can't resign. Him. So, you know, it's keep your head up. Um get you you getting yourself over. You're on you're on the the hottest program in the in the world of pro wrestling of, of getting yourself over and and I think a lot of people are gonna come away from this with, you know, this dude's got a lot of confidence. I can't wait to see more of him. And that's the whole goal, you know. I've I've followed the uh the belief that everything works itself out in life. So I woke up this morning on my own accord. I have, I have a breath in my lungs, and I can walk, and I can talk to y'all. So it's it's okay. It's good. Ricky, if people uh, listening right now don't know who you are and they want to know more about you, how can they follow you on social media? And if you had one match for them to check you out on YouTube, where can you tell them all to go? 
for sure. The, the match that I would recommend people check out is, is uh, Ricky Starks versus MJF. And that's from Inspire. You can find that on YouTube if you just type that in. But other than that, uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's Starkman Jones. Uh, my Instagram is Starky Baby. And then on Facebook, I'm the only dude, the only good looking dude under the name Ricky Stark. So that's the easy one for everyone out there who's using Facebook. <laughs> the rest of the Ricky Stark look like the back of the balls, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> they look uh, like they, just... they've been, they grew up on dog food. <laughs> Mark, did you just say the back of the balls? Well, yeah, that's a pretty gross area. How exactly? How, how does how does Mark Henry look at the back of his own balls? I you don't. gotta have a full length mirror. <laughs> I've been there. You get curious. You get curious. And you just want to know for yourself. When you start escaping, man, you know stuff just transpire. I don't know. Uh, Ricky, well, thank you very much for coming on this morning with you. Nothing but, nothing but luck. I'm going to check out that uh, that match against uh, you and that human piece of garbage, filth, who I love so much, MJF. Uh, any any pro wrestling tea stores or anything like that for you? I actually, I do everything myself. So I have my own site set up. It's uh, rickystarks.bigcartel.com. And uh, you can find out some new designs that I just put up there. And then I have uh, my new vignette I'm going to release after we get off the phone here for uh, all the new viewers. So those are the main two things. Great, Ricky. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Hope you make a million dollars, brother. And we will see you down the road. Yes, sir. Y'all take it easy. All right. starts. Got to check him out, Mark. I, I thought he was still with the NWA. Maybe a little bit of breaking news right there that uh, he's news. not with them. Not Free with them age. anymore. Man, we had two pieces of breaking news today. Ricky Starks no longer with the NWA, and Mark Henry has no idea that Roddy Piper was in They Live. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Th- that one, I can probably get five years out of that one, Mark. Damn. Five you know years of ribbing you about not so. knowing that. Yeah. I don't think so. I might I just think, go to Roddy's grave think, and, and whisper to him, hey, Roddy, Mark didn't know that you were in They Live. I think you're delusional like other people in this world, but you know what? <laughs> Don't talk make... about Dave LaGreca like that. Oh, man, bless his heart. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.